On the record on News Talk. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. In the last week, we've all been hearing plenty about uh, time capsules and perhaps this day last week, you availed of the opportunity to fill in that blank spot on the last page of your census form. Um, throughout Irish history, uh, time capsules, this idea of speaking to a later generation or leaving some sort of physical orifice or artefact from your time for someone else, uh, they have long interested us. Uh, some have let us down upon discovery. Uh, others remain safely hidden for future generations. And Donald Fallon has just come back from uh, the night of the museum, uh, dressed in all of his Hollywood finest to talk about it. Uh, we were talking off air last week, before we get into to what we're going to talk about today. We were talking last week about what we were going to do with our time capsules. And you at least a few hours before when it came to filling it out, you were very much up in the air about how you were going to approach it or what you were going to do. What did you do in the end? Yeah, I thought the idea was great. And then when you were actually confronted by the census form and you saw the box, one, it was a lot bigger than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of worry for people. Like, what, what do I put in this? You know, what, mm. what do I want them to know 100 years from now? And I suppose See, they're, they're going trying to, to write know. your own epitaph in a funny way, isn't it? Yeah, they're going to know anyway that there was a pandemic, isn't there? Yeah. So maybe you could talk about how that impacted on your family if it did. But I asked a question of, of people 100 years from now. I asked them, are the post boxes screen in Newry yet? And it only dawned on me after that there won't be post boxes in <laughs> 100 years. So whatever about the constitutional status of the island of Ireland, they're going to read this and go, yeah, what's so this guy talking about? What the hell about? is a post box? <laughs> used to print post. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dig out your telex machine, granddad. Um, we did the same. Our, our approach was that, uh, you know, if you see a census now from 100 years ago, that all you get is the, the potted biography. You go, oh, Gavin Riley lived in Dublin and he was a journalist and he was this many years old. Um, but you don't get anything more. You don't get any kind of sense of their personality or their culture or what they're into. So we just did a little kind of pen picture about Lovely. the house and our outlook on life and things that we enjoy doing. So that's our, just our little um, pen picture. Although probably again t- entirely redundant because hopefully in 100 years time people will have inherited a whole body of media where it'll be pretty obvious that I spend most of my day shit posting on Twitter basically so uh, they'll know plenty about my circumstances then um, anyway the, the time capsule on our census it, it did actually pick up a lot of attention internationally it, it did many people took interest in this idea of a time capsule and I think it's it's something that's going to be emulated in other places especially post pandemic it's a, it's a very good idea uh, and it made me feel that only those who filled in the 1901 and 1911 census could have told us how they felt about the world you mm. know, imagine if we gave them a time capsule uh, a century ago and look there's probably a reason they weren't allowed to do that in Ireland in 1911. Mm, yeah. uh, it didn't stop some of them, by the way. The, the Cullen family of Blessington Street, they got Tatters the dog into the census. Uh, <laughs> the only dog in the 1911 census. Yeah. I think, I'll have to look it up, I think he's listed as not being able to read or write, but he can't speak Irish. I okay, think. right. Uh, Sean McDermott, I took the opportunity in the census to list his religion, Osquelga, as Irish nationalist. Okay. And his marital status as single but not for long. But, you know, people like the Cullens... <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, is that actually what he feels in? Single but not for long. Brilliant. <laughs> People like the Cullens and Sean McDermott, uh, they were the exception and not the rule. And you're right, you know, when you look at the old census, you don't really get a sense of people as people. So at least 100 years from now, they'll have some sense of what we were actually about as people. And that's really, really nice. Uh, it would seem then, based on some of the anecdotal stuff that people have shared for themselves, uh, you know, breaching the the 100-year privacy of this whole thing, that there actually there will be an awful lot there for the researchers of tomorrow. I was really struck by the diversity of what people put in the time capsule box and shared. Some highlighted, I suppose, what they perceive as injustices in, in society. Others used the box to write about uh, deceased loved ones who wouldn't appear in a census otherwise. So mm. these great family tragedies yeah. that you know family researchers in the future will, will will know about. And some people use the box as a kind of direct form of communication with whoever's reading it in, in future. So advising them where to go if you want to untangle the web. So if you're the person who's done the family history to this point, 
you're telling them 100 years from now, you won't find him in the 1911 census under that name yeah. because he was using this one or ah, okay. you know, whatever it may be. So, so basically kind of nearly drawing your own family tree to make genealogy a little bit easier in future. Which is incredible communication between the generations, isn't it? Yeah. And look, this being Ireland, some are very humorous. You know, we, we've seen the ones, yeah. you know, have Mayo won in all Ireland yet, all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot there. There, there'll, there'll be an easy book for someone in 100 mm. years uh, around that census. And the social historians of 21, 22, yeah, they've been gifted uh, a very, very fine publication. But look, time capsules are something as we'll get into today, we've yeah. an interesting history when it comes to these things uh, in Ireland, some of which you know intended to be opened at a particular time in the future. Others, it should be said, looking forwards, have pretty uncertain futures. Uh, and on that note then, let's talk about some of the, the better known ones uh, in Ireland. Possibly the most famous one. Uh, turned out to be a bit of a damn squib, <laughs> but there was an awful lot of, uh, of media interest in the whole thing at the time, maybe because the idea was so exotic. People listening to this slot, many of them will actually remember this. It was right after the, the millennium. Uh, the most famous Irish time capsule, the, the time capsule that never was. It was the opening years uh, of this millennium. Work was continuing apace on O'Connell Street. You know, they were getting ready for the spire of light or, mm. or the spike to be placed in the exact same spot as yeah. uh, Admiral Nelson's pillar. And it was real excitement it's in the city. It's such a shame that the stiletto in the ghetto never caught yeah. off. <laughs> such excitement in town because they felt that as they were digging at this site, reading 19th century press reports, they were going to unearth a time capsule. Okay. A series of coins were believed to be buried there at the time of the pillars uh, unveiling. And the, just the, the excitement in Dublin every day, people were going down to look through the scaffolding. Have they found it yet? Have they found it yet? And then in 2001, readers of the Irish Times are told, the box found buried at the site of Nelson's Pillar on O'Connell Street, which was believed to contain a time capsule, is empty. Staff at the National <laughs> Museum, where the stone and metal box was taken after it was found earlier this month, have been gently chipping away at it for a number of weeks, chipping away at it until it was opened. The museum's director, Pat Wallace, said yesterday, he confirmed there was nothing inside which intrigued him. We hoped until the end there would be something in it. I, I thought you were going to tell me that like, the, if there was a time capsule in there, that it had been blown up by the IRA when they got rid of Nelson and everything else around it. But so this, this random metal box survived somewhere in the foundations. Yeah, empty. the idea that yeah maybe someone had run off with it in March '66 when you know when Nelson came crashing down into the street, but the box itself is actually there. So it was yeah. really it was really intriguing to wonder you know had someone made off with the coins uh, in the early 19th century. So yeah, that that time capsule that. Well, you could say the time capsule never was. It was, mm. but there was nothing inside of it. <laughs> so there was nothing in that one. But then at around the same time that the pillar was being blown up and Nelson's head was, was falling to the ground anyway, um, the world's focus was somewhere else. Yeah, you know, Nelson's 1966 fall inspired a lot of wit in Dublin. There was one great song, Nelson's Farewell, which you know placed the bombing in the context of the space race. <laughs> now the Irish join the race. We have an astronaut in space. Ireland boys is now a world power too. So let's sing our celebration at the service to the nation, poor old Admiral Nelson Turalu. The idea of Nelson <laughs> Sorry. So the going idea, to the moon. We catapulted Nelson into space. <laughs> <laughs> so, which leads us rather nicely into perhaps the most famous international time capsule, the, the mm. Voyager records or the golden records. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, launched yeah, into yeah. space during the space race. Mm. Uh, and these records containing sounds and more intended to give a sense of life and culture on planet Earth. You know, in the words of President Carter, he said, this is a present from a small, distant world, a token of our sounds, our science, our images, our music, our thoughts and our feelings. Mm. We are attempting to survive our time so we may live into yours. As long as the person who receives this golden record has a <laughs> vinyl player or a gramophone and a stylus and access to 240 volt AC. Yeah. And understands that, the English language. Yeah, there's, yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of play here. Yeah. Um, Ireland, is Ireland represented in that time capsule in the golden record? No. I mean, there's a really nice documentary about the golden records, which are which is actually an Irish-made documentary. Well, we're watching 
uh, in probably the most ridiculous withholding of copywritten material I've ever come across. They wanted to put the Beatles track, Here Comes the Sun, on these records. Okay. That you know, the aliens could hear the magic of the Beatles. But the record label, EMI, actually objected. Now, I don't know who they thought was going to make money off this. <laughs> yeah. they, they, they thought that we, we should be able to flog the back catalogue yeah. of the Beatles to, to whichever to other... Extraterrestrial yeah. life, whatever's out there. But uh, the, there's 55 languages in which greetings are recorded okay. on, on, on this on this record, and we're not one of them, uh, unfortunately. So, yeah, I mean, this this incredible time capsule, wherever it may be, mm. uh, out there, doesn't feature any insight into us as a people. Um, time capsules, if this isn't too ironic a thing to say, they sort of reach their golden period, their zenith, uh, in the 1980s, because then there's a real crazy for them around the time that a lot of cities and towns are marking their birthdays. There's major anniversaries of, of Irish cities and towns in the 80s and I mean the one people remember is, is Dublin Dublin's great in 88 that was really a copy of Cork it was a copy of Galway they'd done it first okay. and it had been a, a coup for tourism so They didn't have similar rhyming couplets though No, no. they didn't oh. so Galway celebrated 500 years uh, and they buried a time capsule entitled Life in Ireland 1984 but get this I mean I, I've very little faith that anyone will ever open that one because it wasn't intended to be opened until 2484 Okay. Which now seems, I mean, you don't have to be Greta Thunberg to think that sounds incredibly yeah, optimistic. Yeah, I, I did, we did put a line at the bottom of our time capsule being on it. Just, I hope that there's an Ireland or a world still around yeah. in a hundred years to read <laughs> this because so, sometimes you're not too optimistic, you know. And our millennium so-called in Dublin, which was dubious history, but you know, a, a good attempt at joining the celebrations, mm. uh, they left, you know, uh, documents, ephemera, images that they hoped would give people a sense of life in Dublin in, in 1988. But mm. from the news report comes this great line, Zig and Zag want to put Teddy into the time capsule and believe that their television careers will still be going strong in 2088, although they expect to be working in current affairs by then. <laughs> so you have well, this, you know, this well, this, this yeah. real uh, moment of, 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 of time capsule mania yeah. in 1980s Ireland. But yeah, always one I wouldn't hold out much hope for. Uh, stranger things have happened than Zig and Zag working in current affairs because they're doing ads right now for science music, uh, science fairs and science exhibits so you never know um, Madly um, a Russian time capsule uh, washed up somewhere here not too long ago This is definitely the strangest story concerning a time capsule involving us uh, it also involves, involves Russia the ship 50 years of victory what a name that is for a ship uh, reaches the North Pole in 2018 leaves a time capsule behind them and okay. to quote the Guardian at the time the metal cylinder contained letters poems photographs badges beer mats a menu wine corks Ephemera from the early 21st century for whoever might discover it in the future. Uh, Lee, I'm going to just interrupt you and say that uh, beer mats and wine corks doesn't necessarily leave the most holistic uh, <laughs> no, version of, no. of 20th century life. This is 2018, okay? okay? 2020, two years later, two people, Conor McClory and, and Sophie Curran, two surfers from beautiful Guidor in Donegal, they spot this tube while they're out. And Connor tells the local paper, when I saw it, I thought it was a steel pipe of a ship. Then I lifted it and saw there was an engraving on it. I thought it was a bomb. But alas, it was a Russian a Russian time capsule. Okay. And via Zoom, Connor and Donegal actually managed to connect with a member of that Russian expedition who'd left it out there. Sorry, how and what? That's just nuts, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, just coincides how, with how small the, the, world the is. COVID world. I suppose yeah. everyone's learning their way around Zoom in 2020. And uh, the, the, the Russian tells Connor, the crew and passengers had thought the cylinder might be discovered in 30 or 50 years and express shock that it was found so quickly. So that says a lot about, I suppose, how quickly uh, our world is changing. Yeah, that is something that you would have left around the North Pole, uh, presumably at a time that it was still actually solid and not uh, aqueous, uh, that it's already making its way to Donegal that quickly. Um, how do we keep track of all these things? Is there some sort of like international, like global time capsule repository? If you bury something in the ground or you know in a wall and you hope that people find it in 100, 200, 500 years, yeah, you do have to tell someone else about it, don't you? I mean, mm. there has to, it, these, are, these are going to be found after our yeah. own time. So there is the International Time Capsule Society based in Atlanta, Georgia, and they're basically committed to documenting these time capsule projects worldwide so people don't 
uh, forget about them. That makes tremendous sense because there is a lot of media coverage. You know, when you bury or launch a time capsule, people show up, but then they kind of forget about it. Mm. So something intended to be viewed in centuries can be forgotten in, in living consciousness. And probably the most incredible time capsule in the world is also in Atlanta. It's called the, so it's also in Georgia, the Crypt of Civilization, which is an airtight <laughs> chamber they built between 37 and 1940. And it's not meant to be open before, this is just ridiculous, 8113. 81, sorry, not even 2113. They don't intend for it to be opened until 6,000 yeah. uh, 6, years yeah. from now. Yeah, American optimism, you know. And yeah. it, it includes 200 works of what? fiction. Uh, frustratingly, I can't find the inventory for what those 200 ah. works of fiction are. I wonder, uh, is Ulysses in there, you know, given that yeah. it was such a big scandalous book uh, in America in the, in the 30s, a little bit later. And one would hope that we're represented and well represented within that collection of books, but there's voice recordings of some of the major world leaders of the 1930s, mm. uh, including Hitler and Stalin. But yeah, 8113. Like, back in of the envelope, so that's like 6,100 years from now, which be, which means that, like, whenever th- that is, we are, at e- we are halfway between Newgrange and this crypt being open. Yeah. We're only halfway through that now. So how much yeah. how much different the world could become in the next I think they might have to change years. the terms and conditions. Uh, <laughs> or they may have to, to extricate it by its foundations when we have to flee the planet because we've just slowly boiled ourselves into oblivion. Um, even today, we are still planting time capsules around the place. Yeah, and it's intriguing to ponder, isn't it, how, how different our island could be in future when, when some recent time capsules are opened. I mean, there was one launched by the Lord Mayor of Belfast to mark uh, Northern Ireland's uh, centenary, you know, a Northern Irish soccer jersey and the like in, inside mm. of that one. But on a more personal level, I suppose, isn't this something we could perhaps all do? You know, and maybe not even with a century or a thousand years in mind. Yeah. You know, to just put things away for 20, 30 or 50 years uh, would give us or the generation to follow us a sense of us as, as, as yeah. people. It could be it could be nice. Which is maybe what, what the CSO were getting at with the little project that they asked, all asked us to do last week. Um, I, whatever about it's still been around in 100 years, I hope you're still around next week anyway because I, I just, <laughs> that, that, that was a gem of a slot. So, <laughs> famous last words there. Uh, if, Fad- if you'd like to see some of the orifices that Donald Fallon has left behind for future generations, Donald Fallon is the author of the Come Here To Me books uh, as well as the author of Henrietta Street from Tenement to Suburbia which is a story I suspect of the sort of social progression in Dublin that we might never see again so at least that will always there be in the annals um, of the National Library and anywhere else and of course anywhere that you get your books as well and he's also the presenter of the Three Castles Burning podcast which um, number one on iTunes this week I saw in the history category <laughs> welcome to the club my friend <laughs> <laughs>